Happy Father's Day, brothers. Um, I've often talked about how UBC has changed over the years in regards to fathers. I want to share with you that in one of our initial Father's Day services, we had five fathers present, and four of them were staff, church staff. So we basically had a fatherless community, and we saw the results of that. Proverbs 29.18 says, Where there is no revelation or vision, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom, wisdom's instruction. So we saw the generational curses lived out in Uptown. As fatherless young men ran wild and followed after their dads, and they fathered children and abandoned them the same way that they were abandoned. And we're still struggling with that today. On the other hand, I'm blessed to say today we have a lot more dads now, and, and they are involved in the raising and the discipling of their children. And we're trying to be good fathers. Typically, today, if we were gathered together in this room, uh, we'd have 30 or 40 men here, fathers represented in the church. So, so we've come a long way. I also want to say that I'm thankful for Pastor Allen's tenure here, where he really sought to rebuild the men's ministry of our church. He focused a lot of his time building into the lives of the men and boys of our church and our community. Uh, I finally remember our numerous men's advances. That's right, we call them, we don't call them retreats, we call them advances, Pastor. And uh, that he took men and boys on at Mark Slinker's Bricks and Ivy Ranch in Galena, Illinois. It was such a beautiful location to go to and to bond together as men and boys and to work through our issues together. And I thank both Mark Slinker and for his generosity and Pastor Allen for taking us there. In our society, men are often marginalized, and they're made the butt of jokes. We see that in sitcoms and TV all the time, and yet the reality is fathers matter. Without godly men, we see a society falling apart, and we see that today. So brothers, as I give you this message, I want to ask you a question. Are you ready for the typical Father's Day message? Typically, Father's Day messages go in one of two directions. The first is to challenge dads to be better dads. Usually, this challenge comes across more like beating up on dads for not being better dads. And then the other direction is to challenge us to honor and respect our dads. And usually, this challenge sounds more like to press all the hurt and disappointment you've had from your relationship with your dad and act like he's the greatest guy in the world. Now, there's nothing wrong with challenging dads to grow in the intimidating role and activity of fathering. There's nothing wrong with any of us being challenged to honor and respect our dads, despite their shortcomings. It's just the way these things come across that tend to be a problem. So I'm going in a different, new direction today. I come to believe that most dads don't set out to be difficult and not impossible to relate to. And in most cases, I believe that dads' shortcomings in fathering are due to the fathering they themselves received or that they didn't receive, and the resulting wounds they carry within themselves. I'm going to say that again. I believe that dads' shortcomings in fathering are due to the fathering they themselves received or that they didn't receive, the resulting wounds they carry within themselves. And we call those wounds father wounds. So instead of another you're not measuring up message, men, we need help in opening up our hearts to the only one who can heal the deficits left by the shortcomings of our own fathers. Turn with me now to 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. I'm going to open us up with a word of prayer. Let's pray together. 
Heavenly Father, we need you this morning. We know that fathers matter. We know that this role that we called, you've called us to as dads, it's a, it's a role really many of us don't feel equipped to do, and yet, Lord, through your grace and through your mercy, through your direction, we're able to do it. And Lord, we pray that we are able to step in that role. We pray this morning, Lord, that you would minister to us. Is there areas that we need your, your, your ministry? And uh, we need you to help equip us to be the fathers that you want us to be. So Lord, bless the service. Be glorified in all aspects as we get into your word. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. First John chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. The word of God reads, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does, does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and that and what will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. First point of the message this morning is we have a father who lavishes love on us. God's father love is not limited. It's not inconsistent. It's not withdrawn. God's love is so extravagant, so selfless, so endless, as overflowing as to pass description. God just loves us in a powerful way. I don't know if you guys remember that show called Extreme Makeover Home Edition. I watched it for years, and it used to be on Sundays and bring tears to the eyes. I remember, they would, they would focus on a family that had something kind of tragic happen. Maybe someone lost a job, some kind of situation, and they would come to their home, and somebody had recommended them to get a get their home fixed. And they would go through, Ty Pennington and his crew would go through their house and look it over, and they kind of dream a little bit with the people that are there. What are you looking for? And, and you, 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 when you went in those homes, they, they needed help. I mean, they, the, the, the whole homes were, sometimes they had too many kids and too small a space. And, uh, but they, they dream along with, with uh, Ty and his crew about what, what it would be like to fix their homes. And then they would do something which was really cool. I always liked this part, which is they ship them all the way, put them in a limo, send them down to Disney World or somewhere else for a week, and then they would get to work. And they, 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 as they fixed their home, I mean, they went all out. I mean, I, I joke with this with Mary Ellen's dad because he, he builds Habitat for Humanity Homes. And so he built some nice homes, basic homes. But this is, not, this is not your Habitat for Humanity Home. This is over the top, the best materials they could have. And then the family came back in a week, and it would just blow their minds. I mean, they would go and walk around and see the different rooms for their kids and their family. And, and so that is a picture of how God loves us. His love is a lavish love. It's an extreme love. It's not just, uh, you know, he, he doesn't just save us. He loves on us. He cares for us deeply. He's truly a good, good father. God's father love is, is for us, makes it possible for us, it says, to be identified as his children. So he not only saves us, he makes us his own. And so we know who we are. We, we're his children. And, and therefore... This is key. Therefore, our self-worth is based on who God is and that he loves us and calls us to be his children right now. I say that because we have a lot of negative statements. And we've had a lot of negative statements told to us 
And, you know, as I go out on the streets of Uptown, I, I observe it and I remember some of the things I heard. You know what I'm talking about. You're bad. You're never going to amount to anything. You're just like your dad. Fill in the blank. Whatever it is, whatever negative comment you've heard and received, fill in the blank. But you know what? Those negative statements no longer apply because you're children of child of God. God's father love actually bonds us to God as his children. And God's father love can heal the wounds of the past. That's right. You and I all have wounds from the past. And in our present relationship with God as his children, it gives us a positive expectation for what God has in store for us. So our status as God's children helps us to live in the present without undue concern for the uncertainties of the future. I'll say that again. Our status as God's children helps us to live in the present without undue concern for the uncertainties of the future. If we ever needed to hear that message, it's now because things are so uncertain with our future, isn't it? When you wake up any day and you watch the news, you think about our country and where we're at, it is, it is a chaotic, uncertain time. And so knowing God as our loving Father means knowing our future includes a more direct and an intimate relationship with Him. And so I pray during this season that that's what you've been doing, that you've been pressing into your relationship with the Lord. I really encourage you to do that. Connecting with God as our loving Father brings healing through growing to be like Him. And I pray that you've taken advantage of this season of sheltering in place. It's been 13 weeks, people. And I pray you're drawing near to your Heavenly Father. If you have not, I challenge you to do so, to make the time. You've got nothing but time. Make the time for Him. The next point is that when God starts that healing process, He deals with us. We've been talking about this in, in our, our prayer meetings. We've been focusing on John chapter 15, where He talks about abiding in Him, and He will abide in us. But he also talks about pruning or purging certain parts of us. And it says when he, when he prunes, we were talking about when, it, when, you, when you get pruned, it hurts. When God cuts things out of your life that need to be cut out, it hurts. But it says that he does it so that we might be more fruitful. And so the reality is that God wants to prune us. He wants us to grow. And, this, and that's part of the healing process. But in order for him to do that, we have to be actively engaged in the process of purifying ourselves from our pollutions. In other words, the reality is while God does purify us, you and I also have a role. There are actions that we need to take to be morally fit. And that word hope speaks to the confidence we have in the Lord. I want to talk to you about a, a resource that we've used for men's, men's, uh, men's, or men's ministry uh, through Pastor Allen. It's called Robert Lewis's Men's Fraternity Course. And that, that course has been a great resource to, uh, to us as men. During our times together, we've been confronted with our shortcomings and our pain and our disappointment. And we've had the opportunity to face and deal with our, what we call daddy issues. That's right, daddy issues. We all have them. Some of us just hide them better than others. But things don't get better until you deal with them. So we have to deal with that. And, and some of the areas that we've dealt with is our selfishness, our self-will, Distortions of desire, which is greed, lust, gluttony, our pride, our conceit, our arrogance, 
And then, of course, rage, worry, things that control us. We have to root these things out of our lives. And, and so God will do that, but we have to do our part. And part of that is just getting it out in the open. That's what we've done in the men's fraternity, sharing those, those pains and praying for one another. God's loving fatherhood also is a recurring theme in Scripture that invites us into our healing discovery. God as our Father is encouraging, comforting, and He urges us to dare to fulfill what He's made us to be. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 says, For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God. God as our Father also delights in giving us good gifts. In the book of James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Then Luke 11, 11 through 13 says, Which of you fathers, if a son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? So if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God wants, God wants to bless us, brothers and sisters. God as our Father doesn't reject us when we turn from Him, but eagerly forgives and restores us when we return. You might remember a message I preached from Luke chapter 15 on the prodigal son. You remember the prodigal son? He, he took his inheritance early. He left his father hanging. He went out. He wasted it all away. And then he's sitting there and he's watching pigs eat slop as he's working. And he, he can't feed himself. He's, he's wishing he was the pig eating the slop. That's how, that's how bad things got. And he says, I'm, I'm going to go home and just be a hired servant. And you remember what happened, that the father was going out looking for him every day. And you remember when the father spotted him, what happened, right? The son ran to the father? No, the father ran to the son. And that's how God is with us. He's a pursuing God. He's a God that pursues after us and chases after us. That's the kind of God we serve. God also gives us a spirit of intimate sonship to free us from fear. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, it says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received a spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. I, I love that. That's like crawling up in his arms when you're a child and saying, Daddy. That's how intimate that is. It's a picture of closeness and intimacy. And that's what God has and wants for you and I in our relationship with Him. God is also a Father of compassion. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3, it says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort. God is a God of compassion, a God of comfort. The discipline we receive from our Father God is, is always truly for our good. And in Hebrews 12, 12, 10, it says this, Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our own good that we may share in His holiness. It also says in that time that no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but later on it produces a harvest of righteousness. 
So when God disciplines us, it's not because he's angry and wants to hurt us. He, sometimes, you know, we lash out as parents or our parents lash out at us. us we gave in to anger. That's, that's not God's heart. God wants, it does it for our own good. And so if you're being disciplined by the Lord, please know that he's doing it for your own good. Lastly, as we come together here, God, our Father, takes pleasure in us through Christ. And in Matthew 3.17, this, this is what the Lord says. He says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. That's how God feels about us. You know, the bottom line for you and I is we have to come to terms with our dads. Pastor Allen used to say, we as men all have daddy issues. We just do. And, and denying it, and stuffing it, and pretending it's not there, it doesn't do any good. It has to get out. It has to be dealt with. And, that, and that's, that's, that's what we, we try to do together. That's what we did in our men's group. That's what we try to help each other grow in. And, and while this doesn't mean excusing the wrongs, it does mean accepting them for who they are. Seeking to see them with compassion and releasing our resentment towards them and forgiving them. And in order to do this, we ourselves must come to know more deeply God's grace in our lives. Accepting ourselves. Seeing ourselves with compassion and accepting God's forgiveness for us. I want to close the story with a, close with a story about my dad and I. Um, my dad and I have been a long way. Dad's 85 now. My mom's, I believe, just turned 82. And I, I'm just thankful that they're still with us. You know, although I miss seeing them during this COVID season, I talk to them all the time. But things were not always so sweet in my household. I grew up um, hearing a lot of negative messages about my dad. And um, my, mom, my mom and dad went through some ups and downs. And there, there was this time and a season in my life where I just really thought, my dad was the problem, and if he was gone, my mom would be much happier. And there were times where they were even separate for a season. But I tell you what, to my surprise, my mom wasn't happy. She was miserable when he was gone. She loved my dad, and she just wanted things to be different. And so, as I went on, and some of you have heard this, and so keep that in mind, but You've heard my testimony. My dad went through an addiction problem. And I think at that period of time, it was kind of like he reached his low point and I reached my point of pride where I was looking down on him and judging him. And God did an interesting thing in my life. He turned the tables on me. He showed me my addiction. It was a different addiction than my dad, but it was an addiction nevertheless. And my dad called me out on it because he says, addicts, no addicts. And he, he knew and my addiction was a person that I was addicted to and relationship I was addicted to that wasn't healthy for me or that person. But my dad, he called me out. And even though I went back in that relationship, his words stayed with me. I remember him saying, you know, son, if you're happy with that relationship, that's great, then you go back. But if you think you're going to change anybody, you know, you need help. And I remember telling him, oh, no, I can change her. I can change her. And even though I went back... It wasn't too long afterwards that I left for good because my dad's word sank inside of me. And I just want to tell you, I was talking to my mom the other day, and uh, happy Father's Day, Dad, by the way, if you're listening to this. Um, 
And I talked to my mom and I asked her, I said, how, how many years have you guys been together? She said, 62 years. Woo, that's a long time, brothers and sisters. And they are so happy. And my, my mom sent a really nice emoji. You know, she sent a little message. She said, by God's grace. By God's grace. And so I want to just tell you, you know, I was in that place of, of wanting them separate. But I praise God that they stuck it out. I praise God that my, my prayers at that time didn't come true. I praise God that they worked through it, that he came back. He worked through his, his, his addiction. I remember even talking to him because at one point, we left. We left him. And he, within 24 hours, went and he got help. And anybody that knows about addictions knows it doesn't usually happen that way. Usually they go off in the deep end. I remember talking to my dad later. I said, what made you get help? He said, I love my family. And, and he went into rehab and he got help. And, and he's, I'm so thankful uh, to see them together. I'm so thankful for God as well, giving them 85 years of life as well. So, so happy Father's Day, brothers. I wish that to you. And may God's grace help us to be the fathers that he's called us to be. Um, I'll close this with a word of prayer. And then I'm going to invite up uh, my, Philip. He's going to lead us in a song. And then I'll close this in a minute. Lord, thank you for this message. Thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, that you are a healer. That, Lord, you're the one that sustains us. You're the one that guides us as fathers. And, Lord, help us to be helpers for each other. Uh, equip us, Lord, at the task of fatherhood. And, Lord, um, it, is, it is important. It is needed. needed. Fathers do matter. So we just give you thanks. And thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. My God is awesome, He can move the mountains, keep me in the valley, hide me from the rain. My God is awesome, heals me when I'm broken.
hopes I'm healed. My God is awesome. Today I am forgiven. His grace is why I'm living. Praise is all the Awesome. 